0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David schreiner Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss.
1: And I remember gathering that packet and doing that walk of shame to my desk. Uh, there was probably 40 or 50 people in the office.
0: Today on episode three of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Jamie J., In addition to discussing why his last job at a radio station ended, Jamie shares the traumatic feeling when he was fired from another job. Listen as Jamie tells the story of his meandering journey as an entrepreneur that has led to his success today as the founder of a virtual assistant company. You can find out more about Jamie and all of our episodes at goingsolo.smashingtheplateau.com. If you're building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Jamie, I have to talk about our marketing team at Source. As you know, we want to improve the lives of as many people as possible that deal with a late career job loss. KazSource knows how to build connections with our audience through amazing content marketing. It's reassuring to work with a team that gets us. Everything the KazSource team produces is top-notch and does exactly what we need. We highly recommend the KazSource team and their content marketing services to you as you develop your marketing strategy. They will help you with the creative and the execution of the creative. Learn more by visiting kazcm.com. That's kazcm.com. Now let's welcome Jamie J. Jamie is the founding and managing director of Bottleneck Virtual Assistance. Together with an amazing team, they offer professional growth opportunities for ambitious leaders by creating an efficient and systematic approach to identify, hire, and cultivate team members who focus on specific roles and responsibilities. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, So Jamie, how did you become suddenly unemployed? What's the story?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'll throw kind of an overview. My nickname in corporate America was JT, and that stood for Jamie time. (laughs) And uh, the reason why was because I, I struggled to attend the weekly meetings because it was pure pain. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm sure I have at some point fallen asleep during a meeting. And it was just my interest wasn't there. And and uh, I had a really tough time in the environment that I was at in corporate America. And I, I switched to different uh, jobs in corporate America, thinking the grass would always be greener and even left one industry for another thinking, oh, there's some creativity in this. And I always found myself in the same spot about a year or two years into that particular position uh, thinking there's got to be something better in life. (laughs) And so I'm proud to say that I'm I'm pretty much unemployable now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so what was the trigger that actually made you go from employment to entrepreneurship?
1: I think the trigger was... I worked in radio for a brief amount of time. Uh, That was my most recent. And I think that was 13, 14 years ago. That was my most recent job, J-O-B. And I really like doing things kind of in a different way, I guess. And I remember uh, proposing an idea to our general manager for an event that I wanted to do for the radio station. And it took almost four weeks to get an answer back. No. (laughs) <laughs> and the reason why is they had to submit it to legal. They had to do all these other things. And during those four weeks, I could have already had everything pretty much lined up. And I think that was finally the trigger. I said, you know what? I don't want to go through this. I want, if I want to do something, I want to get it going and get it out there. And, and I think that was the final little trigger saying, hey, I don't need all this red tape. I understand systems and processes. I totally get that. But at the same time, it felt like it was moving so slow. And to do any kind of change or to do something a little bit different, I mean, it was, it was literally moving the earth. It was crazy to get things done. And I think that was my final straw. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out on my own. I know it's going to be crazy, um, but I'm going to go out on my own and be able to make my own decisions.
0: So you left your last job voluntarily? I did.
1: I did leave, leave my last job voluntarily. They didn't want me to leave, actually. Uh, but they ended up being my first client.
0: <laughs> yeah, Which how did that funny. happen?
1: Well, I, I just told them what I was going to be doing and uh, I showed them a way. This is back in the day when you could rank a lot easier in SEO and stuff like that. And I, I went out there and I said, I can show you guys how to rank different in different categories for these different things to attract more listeners. And I showed them what I could do and they said, holy cow, yeah, do that for us. <laughs> so we left amicably. I, it wasn't like I was just like, you know, threw up the middle finger and just ran out. Like I did in in kindergarten, I literally ran out of class one day because I didn't like it. Um, but I talked with them and I let them know and I I shared my concerns and and so we we parted amicably. I think that was a that's a big deal. I think it's it's really not a good idea to burn bridges, <laughs> in my opinion, if at all uh,
0: possible. And so yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. So what's your advice for people who do get terminated about not burning bridges? Who particularly if you don't believe that you're terminated for poor performance?
1: So what's that saying? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think if you you get terminated from a position, it's it's an attack on your person, right? So it may be a blow to you personally, when in all actuality, even if it was a misunderstanding, I mean, there's a point in time where you can, you know, I think it's okay to have an objective or what do you call it? It's okay to have a, I guess for lack of a better term, come to Jesus conversation with somebody without getting upset and finding out why or trying to learn from that situation. And don't, it's hard to say, don't take it personally because there is some personal stuff that's going on there. It's affecting your income and your life and your livelihood. But also at the same time, take it as a blessing because what I think will eventually happen, I was fired actually, uh, David, I was actually fired from, a company, a staffing company, and now I own one. I think it's hard to do that because you're all of a sudden you're gonna be in this area that you don't know what's coming up next. And not knowing can be really scary. And I think that whole fight or flight type mentality takes over. When you don't know something, it's very easy to lose your cool or to say something you might regret later. Maybe someone that is letting you go, um is letting you go as a directive from someone else. in that case of me getting let go from that staffing agency, the manager that let me go, it was a directive. It came from higher up. and I was totally calm. It was really weird. um but we had a we had a good conversation and we remained friends after that. And I think that's the biggest part of it is just finding, you know understanding what it is. and yes, it's an attacking my personality and sometimes I still get heated when I feel that my personality is being challenged. but that's one of the biggest things I think I took away from that is don't burn your bridges. Just take it in stride. Take it like, you know, a stand up person and and learn from it. Move on. And uh, obviously it wasn't a cultural fit.
0: Jamie, I see what you're talking about when it comes to trying not to take it personally. But when somebody tells you you're not wanted anymore, I don't know how anybody can avoid having that impact her or his ego. Well, ego is the enemy, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's um, reality. Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of people, too, that have been in a job for 10, 15, 20 plus years, there's a lot of, you know, we're humans, we're habitual by nature. And, and I think there's a lot of things that we get used to. Uh, it's not too often that unlike an entrepreneur starting out or something like that, there's a lot of things, you, there's security there. There is the sense of, Hey, I I know I'm getting a paycheck in two weeks. There, there is that. And then all of a sudden, when that vanishes, Oh my gosh, there's that feeling of (laughs) what am I going to do? What am I going to tell my wife or my husband or my, my kids? Or like, what, what do I do? And you're right. There's that, that feeling like I just, I got fired. How is that possible? And in some cases, I mean, the writings on the wall, people kind of know, but a lot of times it could come out of the blue. Totally unexpected. And what do you do in that situation? I think, and at first it's hard to process things. Yeah. So what did you do? Well,
0: and how'd you feel?
1: I felt crappy. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I tried to, oh my gosh, yes. Now the feeling, now my memory is coming back. I remember I got brought into her office. Her office had glass walls and uh, I could see that I could feel the people just looking. And I took it all in and I remember just sitting there and she says, well, here's your, your packet, your exit packet, or I forgot what she called it. And I said, wow. So there's nothing I can do, huh? And she said, no, this is a final decision. And, and you know, I wish you all the best. And I just sat there for a second and I said, okay, well, thank you. And I remember gathering that packet and doing that walk of shame to my desk. Uh, there was probably 40 or 50 people, other people in the office. And walking by all the uh, the desks there. What do you call those? Cubicles. And I remember doing it and everybody looking at me. And one guy held up his hand and gave me a fist bump. And he's like, it's going to be okay, man. And uh, he and I b- became good friends in about three months time. And I remember going to my desk and getting my things out and continuing walking. And everybody just kind of looking at me, pretending like they don't know what's going on, but they did. And that was scary. And, uh, when I went in that morning, I had no idea I was going to be like, oh, uh, so it was, it was a a little bit weird. It took me, it took me a little while to kind of get over that. But what I learned out of that was it just wasn't a place for me. My personality didn't fit within their culture. And it was a, it was a big company. They do a lot of business, but it just, it just wasn't me. So I think that was a good kick in the butt that I needed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them, I'm going to go and, and I believe in myself and I believe in what I want to do without really knowing what I was going to be doing yet. I started hopping on the computer and I started figuring out, okay, how how am I going to do this? How am I going to create my own thing? These people are making money online. I want to figure out how they do this. And I, you know, that's when I got into blogging and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I really have found a little spot that I enjoyed because I was creating what I wanted to create And uh, it took a while, but yeah, I just, I used that fear and turn it into a positive outlook.
0: How long did it take you, Jamie, until you felt like you had found something that you really like, you really liked doing, you were good at, and you were making money?
1: It wasn't too long at all. I got into the online marketing stuff. And then that was right when, right before that was probably 2006. So I had a friend that, owned a real estate company, and he and I partnered up to do an advertising agency. And uh, it, I mean, within probably six months, we were full steam ahead on on that venture. And, and that was fantastic until the crash hit <laughs> in 2008.
0: Yeah, so fast forward, looking back over you, you, the number of years that you've been an entrepreneur, what would you say are some of the most difficult things that one encounters as contrasted with what you have to face as an employee, uh, you kind of have to do everything. So that was
1: that was the most challenging thing. I had to be the bookkeeper. I had to be the sales guy. I had to, you know, I had to be the developer. I had all these different job roles that I was doing as just one person. And before I was working at my job, I was responsible for one thing. You know, payroll was handled. You know, insurance was handled. All these other the programs were in place. I didn't create workflows. I didn't do any of the processes. I didn't do the bookkeeping, the books at all. I didn't, I didn't, my, you know, I got a paycheck and my taxes were done. You know, I did my own tax return. It was super simple. I can, you know, just give my tax, re- my pay stubs to somebody. And, and that was probably the biggest thing that changed is, wow, there's a lot <laughs> that I have to do running a company, no matter how big or small it
0: is. Right. So, how do you manage your time when when you have so many different jobs?
1: Well, this is something that I think I learned, and it took a long time. I, I got to admit, this was not an overnight deal. Um, and I'm still learning, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I'm always, always learning. Uh, and there's always better ways to do stuff. So I think the biggest problem that I had was not managing my time because I didn't know that I was managing my time. I was more reactionary than proactive. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. What advice do you give people who are going from employment to entrepreneurship? Uh, My advice would be to do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Meaning,
1: document every single task that you do in a given day. And the reason why I say this is because it really helps you get organized. It really helps you prioritize things. And when it does come time for you, when when you're growing, you have a system in place to where it's easier for other people to pick up Uh, certain tasks that you're unable to do and perform them in a way that you think that they should be done. That's probably the biggest thing I didn't do before is I would do stuff over and over and over and over again, but I'd never record how I did that. And what I found is there's two things about recording or documenting your processes. Number one, you find out where the holes are, where the friction points are so that you can fix those. Instead of having seven steps to do something, maybe you can decrease that to six or five steps. It makes you more efficient. The other thing is when it does come time to bring somebody else on, you can say, look, this is how it's done. So those are two big things that I've learned over the, what, oh my gosh, 13, 14 years I've, I've been on my own now.
0: Yeah. And now, since you've been on your own, you've had a bunch of different kinds of businesses. I have. And currently, you're mm-hmm. the founder and managing director of, of Bottleneck Virtual Assistance. Yes. What has helped you to sort of find your secret sauce as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur?
1: I think it, it was a it was gradual kind of almost like a graduating uh, line in that we could go and when I first started out, I was doing SEO, and then I thought, okay, now I can do websites, so I started doing websites but my relationship only went for a certain time while I did the websites and I thought I want to continue the relationship with them how do I continue the relationship with my clients so I started doing website management monthly management services and at least I was able to kind of continue you know the relationship with them but then people would come back to me a couple of years later and they'd want another website because their company is grown or updated website or what's the latest you know and we would do that and then I'd work with them for another 4 8 weeks and then okay, we're done again. And I thought, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. How can I support these companies? And I've been sourcing VAs from the Philippines since 2006, and they've really helped me. And I thought, man, this would be great because these people, we started off with them when they you know, were you know just starting out. Now they're growing, they're hiring people. Why not help them scale their companies at a more affordable rate? That's how come we got into the virtual assistant. And, and I had used them so often, I already had the systems and the processes in place well at that time. They've been tweaked since then, believe me. But I already had the foundational roadmap for it. So I thought, why don't I just start doing this full time? And I actually got some advice from my mastermind. And that's one thing I might recommend is that if people need to find a group of people that they can confide in, you can't really necessarily, I mean, you can't, you don't really want to confide in your staff or your family uh to make business decisions it's much better if you can have some independent colleagues as a group or something that you can you know say hey here's some ideas i have what do you guys think um you and i do that a lot and you give me so many ideas and and things for me to think about that i would have never thought about and i think that's a really important aspect of it sorry sorry about going down the rabbit hole there but i think that's a that's a really good a really really strong thing
0: yeah you definitely need your your circle of of people who can give you sound advice yeah. Oh, so Jamie, what was the the last job that you had? What kind of the last role did job. you have? Yeah. What, what was the role that you had?
1: I was an account executive for a uh, radio station.
0: And now you're the owner of a virtual assistant business.
1: Yes. Yeah. Virtual staffing agency.
0: Yeah. Yep. So uh, quite a journey. Oh my gosh.
1: Heck yeah. <laughs> and you, you've seen, you get to hear about it all the time because you and I are so close. We meet, you know, every week, but it's night and day difference from where I was struggling, not knowing where the next pay would come in, not knowing when I get my next client to, you know, building a sustainable business. It's it's an incredible feeling. But one of the things, if you're going out on your own, just expect that things will get crappy. <laughs> but instead of dwelling on the what if this doesn't happen, dwell on the what if this does happen. And I've internalized that a lot. So the cup is half full for me, not half empty. So, you know, things are going to happen that, that are bad. And, and when they do, hit those head on and get over it and get on. Don't let them fester. Take care of those things immediately so that you can continue to work on more positive things.
0: Jamie, if someone wants to learn more about you, go deeper with anything you've discussed today or get in touch with you, where's the best place to do that?
1: Go to uh, bottleneck.online that you'll learn more about what we do there and, and all that. And if you wanted to just reach out to me, you can just email us at info at bottleneck online. Be happy to chat with you or answer any questions. Or you can just Google virtual assistant companies and, you know, anywhere bottleneck shows up, just type in bottleneck virtual assistant, and we're pretty much everywhere.
0: Sounds great. And Jamie, um, do you have a free gift for our audience?
1: I do. Uh, uh, be happy to chat with anybody. We do free consultations. So if you want to learn uh, whether or not you're ready to hire somebody or, you know, what you can do or what can you expect from a virtual assistant? Be happy to chat with you.
0: Sounds great. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. My guest today has been Jamie Jay, the founder of Bottleneck Virtual Assistants. Thank you, Jamie, for joining us. Thank you so much. When you visit the Going Solo website at goingsolo.smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how Jamie J left employment behind, became an entrepreneur, and most recently founded a virtual staffing agency. If you're building your own successful business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Going Solo to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.